Welcome to a new episode of Feedback on Track. I'm your host, Nick Dank. How's your week going so far? What is your approach when it comes to learning and sharpening your knowledge about a topic? Do you like to scan and scratch the surface or you prefer to go deep into details? Let's talk today about how you should become an expert in your field and not get distracted by changing trends. Last weekend, I went to this restaurant because I had a craving for pizza. Instead of going to those famous chains, I decided to try something new. The reviews looked all right. The pictures looked pretty good, but the name was a bit strange. I don't want to give the name here, but it kind of mixed the name of two countries together just to show that it was the mix of Japanese cuisine and Italian cuisine. And usually when I see something like this, it's the best chance for me to run away from a place like that. But because I saw the pictures and they look very appetizing, I decided to give it a try. The decor itself inside was not really the best. It, it felt a bit cheap. It felt a bit disorganized and unfinished, I would say. Yet I could smell the, the brick oven smell of pizza in the background. And for me, that was a very encouraging sign. So I ordered a pizza and man, woof, the flavor, I mean, the texture, the flavor, everything was there. Everything that I was looking forward to was actually put in one pizza. The crust was perfectly cooked the right way. The ingredients were so fresh and of such high quality. And I was so surprised because usually, you know, with all those reviews online these days and with a name like this, it was a bit of a gamble. But boy, I was happy I went there because I will go back for sure. Each ingredient felt like it was of its highest quality. And despite the fact that there was not so many pizzas on the menu, actually, I think that's what I like. The fact that there's not too many choices. And indeed, I was, I was right because the quality was extremely high. And it got me thinking about the fact that these days, people try to follow anything that is working at a specific time. And when you follow trends, usually you are not in for the long run. And when you oppose this kind of restaurant with such high quality ingredients, such a final product that is truly amazing to eat, to all these places that try to specialize in 10,000 different cuisines at the same time. So what I mean by that is that in some countries, you could read, for example, a restaurant that says Asian cuisine. Asian cuisine? What, what are you talking about, Asian cuisine? Is this like one country, Asia? Or you go to some restaurants in other countries and you read European cuisine. Again, what's European cuisine? And when you read something like this, you turn around and you just run away. That's the best thing that you can do. Because you know that whatever they're going to serve you inside that place, it's just going to be horrible. Now, I call these guys, these restaurants, the, the jack of all trades of the food business. And these restaurants specialize in nothing, basically, but they, they give you the illusion that they specialize and are experts at many different types of cuisines. What they do, though, is that they will use the cheapest ingredients. They will use the, the staff that is probably not qualified at all, because if you can cook seven different countries' cuisine, I, I got to say I'm very impressed. So those jack-of-all-trades and for those of you who are not familiar with the term jack of all trades, that represents somebody that tries to do everything on the surface. 
scratching the surface and never trying to build up on its skills and trying to become better or an expert at something. And eventually you can be fooled by this because when you just learn a little bit about anything, you are not considered an expert. And these restaurants, that's what they do. They give you the illusion that you're going to get more value for your money. However, this is quite the opposite. You get there and you have, for example, buffets are a good example. Usually, if it's not like in a five-star hotel, buffets will be like what? Will be like cheap ingredients for high-volume cuisine, which is technically not really cuisine itself. So jack of all trades try to do everything that is convenient and gives them money or benefit in the short term without ever thinking about the long-term aspects. And don't mistake that for being resourceful. Being resourceful implies that you can adapt to new situations, to unpredictable situations, and you have some kind of a skill set that can be used during this flexible time. Being a jack of all trade means that every time you see a new opportunity, you expect to gain quick benefit, quick money, quick rewards from it without ever thinking about the amount of work that you have to put behind it. So these restaurants, they will offer you 10,000 items on their menu and giving you the illusion that you are so lucky to be reading that menu because you have so much choice that you don't even know what to do with it. And for some people, apparently it works, uh, despite the fact that it quite goes against the marketing aspect of finding your niche. When you try to serve everybody, you cannot be an expert because you cannot please everybody at the same level. Some people prefer fast food. Some people, some people prefer a five-star cuisine. Some people prefer vegetarian. Some people prefer meat. You cannot please everybody. And you have to remember that. So when you try to offer so much, you're just trying to make a quick buck. What about you? What kind of restaurants do you like? Do you prefer a restaurant that has a very simple menu that focuses on one region of the world? Not necessarily has to be expensive. I'm not talking about price range here. I'm talking about specializing in one thing at a time. So do you prefer to go for a place that has essentially Italian cuisine or a place that serves you Thai cuisine and Vietnamese and Chinese at the same time? Because once you know what you like, you can transfer that back to your own life. Remember what happened a few years ago. I'm talking about the Western countries where Chinese food was the ultimate. When you watch movies back in the 80s, 90s, every movie mentions, oh, let's go to the Chinese restaurant. But essentially, what was Chinese cuisine at the time? There's so many regions in China. How can you call that Chinese cuisine, right? And then after a few years, Japanese cuisine became the new trend. And Japanese cuisine, again, seems to be famous for sushi outside of Japan. But if you talk to Japanese people, they will tell you that Japan is not only about sushi. There are so many other dishes that are more representative of Japanese cuisine. And now the new trend is, and actually I'm very happy about it because that's one of my favorite foods, but this is Indian cuisine. And again, you go anywhere in the world right now, you're going to have an Indian restaurant. The problem with the, those trends is first, they don't necessarily represent the authenticity of the actual cuisine, where it originally comes from, because you try to adapt too much to the market where you are, which is a good thing in essence, because you're trying to please your audience. However, the more Indian restaurants are opening in a country, the more people are trying to please too many people. And they will use so many shortcuts to make these people happy. So they will go 
they will go for the cost. They will go, how much should I spend in my ingredients? And how much do I want to sell my food to people who essentially have no idea what authentic Indian cuisine tastes like? Now, let's bring this back to our own lives. How much are you willing to pay for expertise? And do you want to give the same kind of impression on the work that you do? Are you trying to specialize yourself in one thing, trying to learn as much as you can about one topic, one field of expertise, and try to be the best at it? Or are you trying to pick and choose a little bit of everything on the surface, picking different topics just to feel that you know a lot? And this is one thing that happens these days. I can see a lot of trends happening. And if you look at, let's say, YouTubers, now ask every 10-year-old kid what they want to become when they grow up. It used to be a firefighter, a scientist, an astronaut. Now you ask them this question, they will all tell you, I want to become a YouTuber. Isn't that crazy? I want to become a YouTuber. Now, when you have this kind of answer from almost every kid that watches YouTube, you know that there's no strong foundation as to why they want to become a YouTuber. They just see how much money these YouTubers are making, how much time they seem to be spending on their work, which when you watch YouTube, you feel that it's not much. But if you really try to dig in, you know it's a lot of work behind the scenes. But those kids don't know that. And it goes from a trend. This is the newest fad is to be a YouTuber. And essentially, what drives this motivation to become a YouTuber? It's money. It's fame. It's influence. Those three reasons are not the right reasons to start a career. And when you talk to jack of all trades and when you see what they do in the world, those three reasons are what drive them to work, to use shortcuts, to cut on costs, and to shorten the learning process. So on what side of the equation are you on? How many times have you been in a situation when you felt, oh, you know what, maybe now I should, I should study uh, IT? Because those programmers and those IT people, they make so much money. But originally, you were destined to be, you had always dreamed of becoming a painter. But you realize that working in IT is a lot of opportunities in the world right now. And that would bring so much money to your life. If you try to learn something in depth, if you try to become an expert, if you try to become better or the best at what you do, don't get distracted by the financial aspect of it. You need to focus and you need to improve your craft so that you can become almost irreplaceable. And I say almost because we know now that in the future, artificial intelligence will probably replace all of us. Okay, that's, that's the one thing you should keep in mind from now on is nobody was ever irreplaceable, but even less and less in the near future. But the more you focus, the more you improve your craft, the more value you bring to the table. And imagine that you do something so specific, a, a field of research, a field of expertise that not many people have studied or mastered. Obviously, you get more chances to find a job, to create opportunities for yourself. Now, the second thing is when you know more about one thing in depth, it gives you a sense of pride and accomplishment. And these feelings make you feel more confident because you know you have accumulated and acquired so much knowledge, so much experience, 
let's say, practical experience, so much expertise that you shouldn't feel shy or you shouldn't feel scared to approach any new opportunities with this knowledge and experience. And you're able to transfer and use this knowledge in, in the most appropriate way. And people will respect you for that. They will respect the time you've put into learning those things. They will respect the knowledge you're bringing to them. They will respect the assurance that you exhibit from this skill set and this craft. And they will respect you as a person because just because listening to somebody who knows a lot about one thing in depth can be extremely enticing, can be extremely interesting and, and motivating. Now look at it on the other side. Let's say that you've studied so many different fields. You know a little bit about everything, but just on the surface. And you start talking to somebody and, and they ask you more about one of your, one of your jobs, one of your previous job experience. And they ask you, they are very interested in what you can bring to the table right now. They ask you more questions. And what you do is because you didn't stay too long there, you didn't try to become better and you skip bail and you left. Then after a few minutes, you don't really know what to say anymore because you don't have those answers. So you jump to another topic, you change conversations. And maybe one time works, the other person gets interested into one of your previous jobs again, and you do the same. You keep jumping from one job to the next. What happens after five minutes talking to you? That person starts to believe that you're basically hiding something. What has he done before that he cannot go in depth into what is, what is worked on, what his experience is? Has he gone to prison? Does he have another identity? What is it? And what happens is that you lose your credibility immediately. Now, I don't know if you've known people around you. Imagine a person that would come to you every six months and would talk to you about a new business opportunity and selling it so well because he had so much passion when he talked about it, pitching it like a pro to you, even though you were not even an investor, but because he felt that it was the best opportunity that he could find at the time. And he started it and then never finished it. He went on the surface again, and then six months later, another opportunity presented itself. And again, he's going back to you and say, you know what, this is the best opportunity I found. Wow, there's so much potential in the future. I can make so much money. And six months later, again, he comes back with a new opportunity. What would you think if you had someone like this coming, knocking at your door every six months with nothing to show for except ideas and except super polished pitches. Imagine, again, going back to those restaurants, Chinese restaurant, Japanese restaurant, Indian restaurant. Imagine if your friend came to you 20, 30 years ago and said, I'm opening a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, and you can see him for like a few years. He's making so much money. Everything is working. And suddenly, Japanese cuisine becomes a new trend. And he comes back to you and he says, you know what? I'm going to open a Japanese restaurant now. And after a few years again, now he becomes an Indian restaurant owner. I mean, what would you think? Because you know the trends, there's always the ascending slope, but there's also the descending one. And usually people never know when to pull out of a business before it's too late. So that friend probably made a lot of money for some time, but then lost it all when competition increased because everybody at some point wanted to improve, sorry, wanted to open a Chinese, then Japanese, then Indian restaurant. So somehow he started almost from scratch each and every time because he had lost the momentum to competition. So do you want to become like this, a jack of all trades who thinks he can make money anywhere, everywhere, 
at any specific time in history? Or do you want to work more on your expertise, become the reference for something that you know best? Now, when we talk about becoming an expert, let's try to understand why and what level of expertise we are trying to accomplish. Do you need to become an expert because you're trying to become the CEO of your company? Or you're trying to become better and again, almost irreplaceable because you need a raise? Are you trying to become an expert because you have a huge sense of ego and you want to be seen as the expert and be recognized as such? Which is, in a way, is not the worst reason, but you have to understand why you're trying to achieve that through this channel. Or it's just because you're trying to develop yourself and you love the concept of learning, of constant improvement, and you're trying to know more about something because it makes you feel more comfortable, more confident, and it feels pleasant to talk about what you like the most and what you master the most. It's pleasant, it's inspiring for other people, and you just like to transfer your knowledge. You have to think about that first. Otherwise, trying to become an expert for no reason doesn't make a lot of sense. Which obviously doesn't mean that you have to try out every job in the world for the rest of your life. And changing schools, changing jobs, or changing learning courses every other day is not going to make you happy, that's for sure. So understand why you try to become an expert, try to improve your, your craft and sharpen your skills. And then the process will feel much more rewarding. So what are the takeaways for today? The first one is you cannot be good at everything. We are not superheroes. So you just need to focus on the one thing and develop your expertise. When you develop your expertise, you become more credible, you become more confident, and you increase your perceived value to others, which is rewarding in a way that people have more trust and faith in you. Second, you need to be resourceful, but coherent in the way you build your path. Therefore, don't try to open a new restaurant every other day because the new trend has switched from China to Japan to India, and the next trend, we still don't know what it is. Opportunities don't mean you have to try out every fad in the world. Opportunities mean that they are building on what you've built so far in your life. Opportunities don't mean that you have to skip and jump from one venture to the next. And number three, you need to define your level of expertise and you need to understand why you are trying to reach that level of expertise. If you don't have a specific objective and as, as always in life, when we are missing this clarity of objectives and goals, it is hard to stay focused and reach that level that we have set for ourselves. Tell me, what is the skill or expertise you have been sharpening? Have you been able to benefit from focusing only on one craft and one expertise? Feel free to share that with me. I would love to hear what drives your boat and how much work and effort you put on working on your expertise. If you like this episode, please share it with someone who always comes to you with a new idea and try it out for a few months before it jumps to the next. Thank you for listening to this new episode of Feedback on Track. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to listen to me twice a week. And I will see you again on our next episode.